Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing going battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Uh, look, rail safety is something that uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. Mm. Well, and that makes it all okay. That's the big soundbite from Secretary Mayor Pete that was out last night. Holy cow. Could you be any more tone deaf than he is right now? And people are understandably upset over this because it seems like he's just, this is not a uh, priority for him. I mean, I can understand how it doesn't seem to be a priority from him because, I mean, you just heard what he said there. Good heavens. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday to you. Uh, Happy Friday to everybody except Pete Buttigieg. How about that? Happy Friday to everybody but him. He doesn't get a happy Friday. Holy wow. That soundbite. Now, if you get the email newsletter, I wrote about this. Let me pull this up. I wrote about this last night with, uh, well, actually, we had some some things about this last night. And then I also included that video in your email prep. So, whoo boy. He, some people are calling for his firing, uh, including Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio. He's one of those individuals. But for Pete Buttigieg, to, here's the difference with, here's the problem with what he said. I mean, yeah, and I, I mentioned this yesterday. Yes, you can have derailments and things like that. But he, the problem is that this is um, the reason that it's so unique, as I explained yesterday, is because not every single derailment has a mondo amount of vinyl hydrochloride on it. I mean, that's just kind of obvious. I mean, not every single, not every uh, train car, not every derailment, not every rail has vinyl hydrochloride in that amount either. That's pretty significant. And so the, and that's, I think the last, what is it? We said the last big spill of that was... I think back in, what, 2012? I think it was back in 2012, New Jersey. And that was, I think, not even anywhere remotely the same amount of vinyl hydrochloride. Not even anywhere, not even, not even anywhere close. So you had, this was like three to five times, I think, more. And we went over all of that, but I'm just, for my own benefit, I'm going over, I'm going over this once more. Because for him to not even be aware of that, 
and and to say what he said is just so incredibly tone deaf. So tone deaf. Derailments happen all the time. Yeah, you know what, Lunchbox, guess what? They can happen frequently, but this is the, not every one of those derailments have super carcinogenic chemicals on them. Not every single one has that. That seems to be a big, that's, that's the big difference here. And so he's, I don't know, nobody actually knows, I don't think, where he is. Nobody knows, he goes out and does these, you know, these little, these little hits. And that's pretty much it. He's not giving any kind of, uh, the fact that he hasn't been there, residents are pretty, are pretty uh, upset over that because the federal government hasn't been there at all uh, helping. I mean, it's almost like Pete Buttigieg was hired as a political favor or something. I mean, it's very important for the Biden administration to check the box on diverse administration appointees. So making sure that our Department of Transportation head was gay rather than experienced with transportation has clearly served the country incredibly well. It's clearly served us well. I mean, maybe the press should be apologizing to Mayor Secretary Newman Poot because the overwhelming problem of just too many white construction workers. Oh, my gosh. It's clearly more important than fixing. I don't know. Have you seen this video? Fixing things like this. This is an actual freight train moving over. Well, it's described as a bendy railroad track. Now, if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show. You can see it. If you're listening, let me describe this for you. Imagine taking two spaghetti noodles and kind of throwing them somewhat haphazardly parallel to one another over bumpy terrain. And they're all, you know, there's no straight lines. There's little curves and little twists here. That's exactly what the people watching the simulcast are looking at. A freight train moving over what I would imagine a Harry Potter railway railway would look like that is between Ohio and Indiana. Goes between Ohio and Indiana. Now, I thought that Democrats loved them some trains. Holy wow. That is one of the worst lines. Oh, my gosh. No, we don't. We're not hiring competent people. This is like Sam Brinton. So we had the guy yesterday. We were talking about Sam Brinton yesterday, right? Sam Brinton who is, was like the deputy head of something very important with regards to nuclear waste. This guy ends up, now he's being charged with a felony. You have him, you have Karine Jean-Pierre. It's so important for the administration to check boxes on identity politics instead of, you know, actual, any kind of actual uh, accomplishment, meritocracy experience. It's so much more important for them to check boxes on this other stuff. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, a, it's stunning. And it's also a downside of what happens when you decide to hand out favors like this in, in, in important jobs. You think nothing's ever going to happen. Well, now look what's happening right now. I'm surprised he actually didn't offer them a coupon for like a COVID shot or something at this point. I really am. I'm actually surprised that it was, well, just, you know, maybe go get your COVID shot instead. This is a guy who's done videos about being gay and coronavirus and all kinds of other stuff. And now, golly. I also want to point out, because this was a a listener uh, had a great meme on this, the same EPA that's out there telling you, no, 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 your gas stoves are so incredibly dangerous. Your gas stoves are dangerous. But, you know, this stuff in the ground and in the water is pretty much safe. 
pretty, pretty safe. I was listening to the press conference with Republican Governor Mike DeWine just actually maybe a few minutes before I came in the studio and we started the program. And I think that there was more information given out in that press conference than perhaps we've heard from anybody from the federal government for sure. But this was interesting. This is what he was saying. This is what Governor DeWine was saying about the water. Now, I will note he was talking about municipal water. He did not say the same thing about well water. He said you need to have a test to make sure it's clear. This is audio sound by 22. Listen to this. Uh, the testing results from East Palestine's municipal water source have come back. Uh, and the results are that that drinking water, uh, testing those five wells that go into the community system, uh, those five wells have all come back clean. The water is safe to drink. We never thought that the municipal water was contaminated, but out of an abundance of caution, uh, our Ohio EPA took samples which were analyzed and they in fact came back and were shown to be safe. You do not need to drink bottled water if you are on municipal water. If you get your water from a private well, you are encouraged to use bottled water until your water is confirmed to be safe. That, again, is just out of abundance of caution. Hmm. So he's saying, look, if you're on municipal water, then you don't have to then you you don't have to sit here and just constantly drink uh, bottled water. You can actually have you can you can drink from your water. But if you have your well water, if you have private you know, well water, then you need to have that tested and have that uh, be cleared. And so looking at all of this, and it's, it's kind of amazing that no one has actually said that, I think, a little bit earlier. The government, the federal government, has definitely not been out there uh, with, with any, anything, really. Uh, you haven't had the president say anything. I'm surprised the president hasn't been out there to take a tour of anything. Isn't that usually kind of like one of the first things that they do? They go out there and they look at stuff that FEMA so far and DeWine was explaining this in the press conference. FEMA was saying that they are not going to go out and assist and that it's typically reserved if there's like a lot of damage to housing and you have a lot of people that are homeless. But here's the issue. You have you have individuals, too. They've been walking outside of their homes you know, they can live 10 minutes away from the area. They can walk outside of their homes and their throats are sore. They start coughing. They Their eyes start burning. And it's it's a little, I think that people are kind of downplaying the significance of what happened here and how dangerous these chemicals are, especially when you have that many frillions of gallons of them and they were ignited and what was burned was burned into the ground. And I, I mean, it's just good. They said that they dammed that uh, one of the creeks that, was apparently in one of the videos where you would throw a rock in it and it looked like like it was completely contaminated. And they said that they had dammed that so that wouldn't get further into the water supply. But, you know, one of the things I think that was absent from from some of the explanation in that press conference was, well, how soon after was that dammed? And how many chemicals were still allowed to get into some of the other waterways through that creek? You know, I mean, I, that's, I think that's a legitimate question to ask considering how carcinogenic these chemicals are and how toxic they are, and that, you know, e- even in small amounts, and that there were so many that there were so many gallons that were in this that were on this line. So I, I wish that that I, I hope that maybe that's addressed. I, and I would imagine some of the local reporters are going to ask that question next time that officials make themselves available. But to me, it's just 
uh, I feel like these that people are owed a lot of questions. Now, the FEMA aid for East Palestine, as I was saying, it had been rejected. And they and that the explanation was that they uh, because they it didn't they didn't qualify because it wasn't big enough of a disaster. Now, one of the things DeWine said is that they still filled out. They still have all of the paperwork ready to file for it in the event that Norfolk Southern doesn't pay. And, and DeWine was very clear that Norfolk Southern is responsible for paying for all of this. And that if should they, he said, should they decline? He said, first, we're going to we'll fight them in court. He said, we'll absolutely fight them. But should they decline while that that litigation happens? He said that that's the moment that they would file that paperwork that they filled out uh, to try to push FEMA into assisting, because I think that that's probably part of the consideration as well. If Norfolk Southern is there in pain and doing what they're supposed to be doing to remedy this disastrous situation that they caused, then there is less of a need. And I'm just looking at FEMA's perspective, perhaps. Maybe FEMA is looking at it like there's less of a need for us to get involved. But DeWine said that they wanted to be ready, excuse me, in case Norfolk Southern decided that they did not want to continue honoring their responsibility and doing what they were supposed to be doing. And so that's, that's why they went ahead and they filled out all of that paperwork. So that's some of the latest that we have about what's happening in East Palestine. Now, some of the other stuff that's happening, let's look on some of the, on the Democrat side. John Fetterman's checked himself into Walter Reed for severe clinical depression. He's receiving inpatient treatment and I'm not editorializing it as severe they described it as being severe. He entered Walter Reed uh, to be treated for severe depression. His chief of staff announced this yesterday afternoon, like right after we were getting off air. That's when this announcement came. They said that he's been suffering from depression, that it's become incredibly severe in recent weeks. And they said that he was hospitalized last week after he became lightheaded. But doctors said that he hadn't suffered a stroke. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I really do feel like this is uh, the people who were pushing him to do this, to run, I think should, I I mean, I think they owe him an apology, honestly. We're going to get into all of this. I have a lot of stuff for you today. We're also going to talk to my friend, Kurt Schlichter, who has a very controversial piece out right now. He actually is taking, he's going after Nikki Haley in this piece, and it's made some people mad, so he's going to join me and talk about it. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door. Right now, use Codena to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you with a subscription to American meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my Codena at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flower deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat. Deliver today by GoodRanchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers American Meat delivered. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up, apparently, so in Virginia... Their governor, Glenn Youngkin, has blocked a bill that bans police from seeking menstrual histories. Now, it sounds really weird when you describe it like that. 
But what this is is that they it's search warrants that have menstrual data because everybody can just change their sex and all this stuff apparently now. Uh, and so when that's kind of, that and they they there's 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 certain things that go into uh, crime and when everyone can just change who they are and etc. You know what I mean? I mean there's 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 so, there's a lot more to this. But the bill was passed in their Democratic-led state Senate, and it was supported by a number of the chamber's Republicans. And uh, Yunkin, uh, he killed the bill through a procedural move in a subcommittee of the Republican-controlled House there in Virginia. So interesting. It uh, has to do with that, and also they talk about uh, the advocates are saying, "Oh, you're going to use this in prosecutions for abortion law violations, etc., etc., etc." And it has to. I don't know. People actually. I don't know. I've just. I always think giving a phone or any kind of data, like anything like that, that much information about you is weird anyway. But that's just you know. A woman backed over and killed a man underneath her floor because he was trying to steal its catalytic converter in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, the New York Post has the story. They say that Ford Excursion, uh, a man tried to steal her catalytic, catalytic converter. She ran over and killed him. Oof, stay with us. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We will maintain the perspective that we have in terms of what should be the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, that is not going to change, but surely and certainly that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. We will maintain it was an the perspective. It was a very unhelpful balloon, says the Vice President Kamala Harris. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. And you can listen to the nationally syndicated radio show. I know the first likes to say it's a podcast. It's not a podcast. It's a nationally syndicated radio show. And we're in hundreds of markets across the country. You can listen to us in one of those markets. And you can also watch the live stream on Direct on Direct TV channel 349. You can also watch it YouTube and uh, Facebook as well. You can also join the discussion on YouTube. There's always a lively discussion every single day there. So that's also up there and available. So the um, balloon wasn't helpful. Do you want to know what also isn't helpful? Not being able to distinguish whether or not something is spycraft or it's an actual balloon like a or like a drone or something recreational. With the most... I mean, we're supposed to have all the goodies, right? We're supposed to have, I mean, we're the land of milk and goodies. Come on. We're, we're, we're supposed to have like all of the abilities to be able to detect whether or not something is like recreational or commercial or actually, you know, spycraft, which is why I find this story, frankly, hysterical. 
<sighs> so apparently, this is kind of funny. An Illinois hobby group believes that their $12 balloon was one of the UFOs that Biden shot down with a $400,000 Sidewinder missile. It was a balloon designed to relay weather information via an inex- via inexpensive radio equipment. And it was exempt from any FAA rules and regulations because it w- didn't weigh a lot. And sometimes it would often circle the earth a number of times before falling. So they said that the balloon signal went dead at the exact same time of the F-22 mission. And the balloon's last known location and altitude match up with official reports of the mission. Um, I mean, I please, please tell me that that, that that didn't happen. Please tell me that we actually did not take out a $12 balloon with a $400,000 Sidewinder. Although that's an excellent excuse as to why you can't get your projects, your project turned in. You know, you can't have a conclusion for your project because the president blew it up. That's actually really, okay, that legit, that's a good, that's a good excuse. Uh, but I've got a lot of questions about this. What? How is that even possible? Little, little tiny globe trotting balloon. It's declared MIA. And that could be one of the candidates. The club is called the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. They're not pointing fingers yet. <laughs> it was a silver-coated party-style Pico balloon. And they said that, and the circumstantial evidence is very intriguing. But they said that the last known location was at 38,910 feet off the west coast of Alaska. And that a popular forecasting tool. Oh, and guess what? It was cylindrically shaped. Silver, cylindrically shaped at the exact same altitude. That's exactly how it was described. The object over over Alaska was described like that. Just saying. Just saying, guys. Ooh, boy. So they said that um, that's the last known location of it. Can you imagine? So they said they've tried contacting their military, the FBI. They got the runaround. They're trying to get some questions. Folks, these things are like 12 bucks. Just want to reiterate, the missile is $400,000. It's a $400,000 missile. Um, and it, this is, I'm just saying this doesn't necessarily look awesome. Doesn't necessarily look good for, uh, tell me that we have better capabilities than that, right? I mean, and the reason that it wasn't registered, because that's one of the things that the administration did say, they're like, well, this wasn't, you know, didn't have like any registration, etc. One of the reasons that apparently it, it wasn't was because it didn't merit registration or regulation like that because it was uh, slow and low flying and, and super lightweight. I got questions. So now the Pico ballooning community is very nervous. And the Pico balloon is, I mean, that's their, it's a small mylar balloon and it has trackers and it measures temperature, humidity, pressure, wind currents, 
and they're about three feet in diameter before they're launched and it can expand by like two to three times that size once it's up in the atmosphere so but they weigh like less than six pounds and that's why they're exempt from all of the restrictions that the faa would put on them and that's so i mean that's like a big community i was actually looking at this and i didn't i mean that's a i mean that's a very dedicated community they are very dedicated but it did stop admitting anything any information literally at the exact same time that the f-22 took it took out that object and they were in the exact same the pico balloon was in the exact same spot according to all of the latest data that the object was when we shot it down nobody's pointing fingers we're just saying there is a there's a slight possibility that we used an f-22 and a four hundred thousand dollar sidewinder to take out a 12 dollar balloon i'm just saying there's a slight possibility that this happened Oh my gosh, is it too early to have a beer? Because I feel like that's where we're... <sighs> it makes me a little nervous, you know what I mean? Kids don't fly kites because Joe Biden's going to shoot it the hell down. Didn't they say... Now, just assuming that this is, you know, assuming this is true. Didn't they always say that it was Trump who was going to get us in all kinds of trouble? Now you got Joe Biden just all, like, willy-nilly just shooting every... I'm just saying, because if it's not that... See, when they said that they were scared of it, I assumed that this was, like legitimate now we know that the first one was the spy balloon that's the one that was in montana because china already claimed it the one we shot down after it traversed all throughout the united states and it went over to myrtle beach china already claimed that one so we know it's we know it's theirs but we surely know right not having ever piloted an f-22 myself and I don't have any experience with Pico balloons. I mean, I saw a weather balloon. The last time I saw a weather balloon, I was in high school. And it was for class. But I don't think it was like a big, serious one like the ones that these people sent up. Because these are serious hobbyists. And they're very excited about it. And we didn't have all this. We, it wasn't all kitted out like theirs was. So that would make sense because that that's, you know, the description of their balloon and what was shot down as what was witnessed by the pilots is they're like the exact same thing. We shot down a damn $12 balloon, didn't we? Is it really that difficult to tell the difference between spycraft and a weather balloon? Surely that's not, that, right, it can't be, right? I would think that it's really obvious. If it's spycraft or a weather balloon. <sighs> I, I mean, I've got a lot of questions. We, I was really excited about aliens and now I feel like, you know, we were really let down. First we were teased about SMOD and then now, you know, it's this, this whole thing. One of the other things that I wanted to touch on is this news, sad news about John Futterman. He checked himself into Walter Reed because he's got clinical depression. And it was described as severe. That's how his people described it. They said he was hospitalized last week uh, after feeling lightheaded at a Democrat retreat. And they held him two nights for observation. And that he's, his wife had put out the statement after what he's been through in the last year. You know, I'm, no one wanted to talk about his own health less than him, but it said that he, uh, it was severe clinical depression and it, it got and really bad in the recent weeks. And so he's been admitted. Huh. Doctors did say that he didn't suffer a second stroke. He's also not going to resign. That's the other thing. Fetterman is not going to resign his office, according to a source who told Manu Raju's uh, over at uh, CNN. 
They said that there's tons of examples of senators who've been sidelined. Uh, yeah, they've been sidelined by things that occurred in office, not... I mean, this guy was basically incapacitated by a stroke before he even got into office, and he still has never, not ever recovered from it. And they said that, I mean, he's he's not leaving. Plus, also, if they vote on stuff in the Senate, they're, I mean, it's pretty tight. Schumer's going to need him. And if Fetterman can't do the job, they're going to have, they're going to have Democrats there. They're going to have a... Uh, uh, the state appoint a a replacement, which it seems like kind of that's where everything's going anyway. So everybody's wondering if Josh Shapiro over there would, is going to appoint, have his wife take a spot. Now this is where it gets, you know, palace intrigue. If I wanted to wear, you know, my uh, tinfoil, I would say, well, then Giselle's going to push herself up for that position. And then she's going to be Senator. That's not unheard of. It really isn't. I mean, when you have through either death or a, a health issue where, the lawmaker has been incapacitated or can no longer represent. I mean, it's really not beyond the you know re- possibility. I mean, look what happened with Mel Carnahan in Missouri. He was in the Senate. He was killed in a plane crash, and his wife Jean was nom- was was appointed to take his seat. Actually, he ended up winning. He ended up winning the election, and they had her take his seat. It's crazy. That's when he was going up against Ashcroft. So he's not going to resign. There's no way that Vi- that Fetterman's going to resign. No way. I was reading this piece, um, and apparently the sources say that, you know, despite all the speculation, it's not going to not going to happen. He's not going to not going to step out. Remember when they I mean, they used that against Mark Kirk because Mark Kirk was a Republican and then they tried to use it as a somehow a shield for Fetterman when he was running. I saw him at State of the Union and he just did not look like he was all there and paying attention. I mean, I don't think he could understand anything, number one. There's no way in the world that he could understand anything. Uh, and then he just, he wasn't really talking to anybody. He just kind of stood by himself. And in some respect, I thought, you know, you have the agency to say, I don't want to be used like this. But I do think that he was used. I think he was used by everybody. I think that everybody who pushed him to do this, uh, they should feel bad because this is ridiculous. I mean, he's clearly, he had no idea what was going on in State of the Union. And just to see now that he's, you know, has to be hospitalized because it's sad. How can you be expected to recover from a serious stroke when you have to do what you got to do in the Senate? That doesn't seem that doesn't make sense either. I mean, the job in the Senate is stressful and you're busy. How is that in, in any way conducive to recovering from a major stroke like he had where he's still incapacitated from it? How in the world? It doesn't. I'm being rhetorical. We have uh, more on the way. Project Veritas released a statement about James O'Keefe. We're going to talk about that. Also, the um, creepy email from a former J.P. Morgan exec that they sent to Jeffrey Epstein. This is out. Oh, dude, you can't tell me that this guy wasn't a part of it. You totally cannot. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black 
Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. So it's, the other ones were not related. Well, probably because one of them was that, those one kid's balloon. Just saying, that's wasn't that the story? That seems to be what's coming out. That's the president. Welcome back to the program, uh, who's discussing how these uh, spy balloons are not related to the the program, the spycraft program. You know, this is all. Are they going to? Uh, please let there be, because I think that there is a press uh, briefing later today. Please let someone ask the question as to whether or not we shot down a kid's weather balloon. We really, we have to know this. We have to know it. It's, I think it's very important. I cannot wait to hear the answer to that either. I'm, I'm can't wait. Now, coming up in our next hour, my friend Kurt Schlichter is going to join us. He's got a very kind of controversial column. I really don't think it's a controversial column. Everybody's got their opinion. He's not a fan of Nikki Haley, and I want to ask him why. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I have my own reason on foreign policy, but I'm really wanting to hear what he has to say. He also has a new book out, so we're going to talk to him coming up uh, towards the bottom of our next hour. We also have all of the latest with East Palestine, Ohio, uh, and more on the downed objects. We've got that. I also have some wokery for you that's coming up. And then the statement from Project Veritas about James O'Keefe, the fight continues. And I know that now apparently donors have lawyered up. Because they want answers. I'm one of a, I am a donor. I have not contacted a lawyer, but I am a donor. And they want answers. So are they going to get them? What's going on there? That's the real thing. Because I think that they're one of the few under James's stewardship. He created it. One of the few entities that do legitimate investigative reporting with original video. And they really, you know, they really do quite a lot to make sure that they're capturing the story. So we're going to get all of that and more here coming up. And, of course, we have Florida Man. And I have, we just have a, I've got a bunch of stuff. i got a bunch of stuff that I have uh, to get into. Oh, and then uh, I also have, we have a lot more uh, audio as it relates to some of the statements from President Biden yesterday. We've got that. We're going to share that with you as well. And then a couple of other as it relates to John Kirby and NATO. There was a very interesting exchange and it's kind of long it's probably one of the longer sound bites i'd ever play on the program but it's a couple of minutes but it's from a reporter who's really grilling him on this issue and i mean it's 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 sad to say that's really what a reporter should do in the first place so we're going to play that for you as well so don't go anywhere i have a bunch of stuff lined up for you and we're back in minutes second hour on the way One of the great honors of my career, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, making lynching a federal hate crime. You know, folks, lynching is pure terror. 
enforcing the lie that not everyone belongs in America and not everyone is created equal. Pure terror to systematically undermine hard-fought civil rights. Innocent men, women, children hung by a noose from trees. Bodies burned, drowned, castrated. Their crimes, trying to vote, trying to go to school, trying to own a business, trying to preach the gospel. False, false accusations of murder, arson, robbery. Lynch for simply being black, nothing more. With white crowds, white families <clears throat> gathered to celebrate the spectacle, taking pictures of the bodies and mailing them as postcards. Hard to believe, but that's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Oh my gosh. So let's start with this, shall we? Welcome back to the program. Good grief. You're bemused curmudgeon here, folks, to start your weekend off on a good note, although somewhat incredulous after hearing this ridiculous soundbite from the president yesterday. You can listen to the program, see to Shining Sea, also stream it. You can watch the simulcast as well. Radio program, not a podcast, on uh, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and 349, Channel 349, DirecTV. So this was uh, the president talking about, he passed legislation on something that was, or he signed a, signed a, a thing on something that was already illegal. So lynching is already illegal. So he was trying to sign legislation about something that has already been illegal. I guess it made it illegaler because it's already illegal. And the we I mean, I don't know who where he gets all this stuff. I mean, I guess his friend Robert Byrd, whom he gave the eulogy for some years ago, uh, who was like the grand. What are the levels in the the? Uh, uh, Ku Klux Klan. He was like the Grand Gecko or something like that. I don't know. It, whatever that was. I don't actually care enough about it to be correct on it. He was just like one of the top lizard people. Anyway, so I guess that Robert Byrd told his friend Joe Biden about all of it. I don't know. But what gets me is that so he's up there signing. He's signing legislation for something that is literally already illegal and has been. And Democrats were the people who lynched people. It was Democrats in the South who were lynching people. Democrats were lynching people. The KKK was the military arm of the Democrat Party. And he wants to try to somehow claim that the Civil Rights Act was that he wasn't even part of that. He even said there's audio of him saying that he wasn't a civil rights activist. Furthermore, Democrats set a record for the filibuster against the Civil Rights Act. So not only were Democrats the people, and I'm not saying anything that should be considered controversial. This is just, it's history. This is, this is fact. This is how, I mean, it's how it went. They were Democrats. Bull Connor was a Democrat. The people doing the lynching were Democrats. The KKK, military arm of Democrats. That's how this all began. And Democrats filibustered the Civil Rights Act and set a record for it. You want to know one of the reasons why I know that so well? that factoid about filibustering the Civil Rights Act. And they said it was like 80-something days. It was a record. Because I got in a fight about it with my high school teacher. I was a sophomore or junior in high school. And my teacher, who was a Democrat, was, we were, it was a, we were learning about American history. And we were talking about the Civil Rights Act. And he said, and, and he had actually said, can you believe that? And I wasn't even a Republican at this time. Keep in mind, I was raised by a family of Democrats in Southern Missouri. And I had never even really met a Republican until I went to college. So my teacher said this, and I just knew that it was wrong because I had actually read otherwise on my own. I, I, was, I always loved history. And 
I had actually, uh, at the time I had read this, it's interesting, I had read a biography about Martin Luther King Jr. that I got, it was a book I purchased through my weekly reader, uh, and by purchased I mean I had good grades so I had bonus points so I could get like a discount, so I think I ended up paying like $3 for the book. Anyway, long story short, it was that separate book from a weekly reader that said otherwise, and when I went to the library and looked it up, it was true, and I just happened to be, all of those things just happened to coincide for that perfect moment. And I was sitting in class and my teacher said that in the context of teaching about the Civil Civil Rights Act and American history. And I raised my hand and I disagreed with him. And we had a 20 minute blistering back and forth about how he was incredibly wrong. And I wasn't wrong just because I was young. I was He was wrong because he was wrong on the fact. Age had nothing to do with it. And so that's it's ingrained in my head. It was 84 days. And it was the record, the record of all the things to set a record on. That's what Democrats, that's the flag that they put. That's the hill they put their flag on. And Democrats have always been, have, they fought against civil rights. They fought against suffrage. And so here you have this guy who gave the eulogy for like the grand gecko. I'm not exaggerating that. He led that. He led the white hoods. He literally was like the leader of the white hoods. He eulogized him. It was this back in 04, 05 when he gave the eulogy and was he had I mean, I, I could sit here and play the hits of all the racial stuff that he said. He was against desegregation of schools. Joe Biden's on record about that. He would he had said that he did not want his kids, uh, quote, growing up in an urban jungle was his direct quote. I mean, my gosh. And so now he wants to act like, oh, no, these it's all these people. Can you believe it? So he's he's making a statement about something that was already legal and hitting on civil rights, which his party historically opposed. And he himself eulogized the dead grand gecko, whatever, or mage for the the KKK. That's Joe Biden. And then he says that and there's some people who want to do it today. Well, you would know because it's your party, wouldn't you, Slick? Speaking of that, I got to rope in this. uh Hunter Biden. Peace. Gosh, it just keeps getting grosser. So there is a piece out, and it's a Daily Mail. Let me pull this up. Oh my gosh, he's so gross. So he's like fifty something now. I don't, I'm trying to. I was trying to find his age here at the time of this. I think he was like forty nine or fifty at the time of these texts, and that's important here in a minute. So there were new texts that came out. He was pressing his cousin Caroline, who's 35, in these texts to set him up with a hot, rich model or hot. I mean, you know, just no, just a, you know, no big ask or anything. Now, keep in mind, this is flabby, nasty Hunter Biden who looks like he smells like cheese. He does. He's one of those guys. You look at him and you're like, hmm. I can just look at you through the photo and I know that you smell like cheese. You know it. So he had been in a relationship with his sister-in-law and he and his cousin were trashing his sister-in-law in a text. And he was asking his cousin Caroline, by the way, these conversations took place four months before he married his Instagram influencer wife. Four months before he married this chick. Okay. So I guess he was on the side asking his cousin, hey, set me up with a hot, rich chick. 
and they were talking about it. And one of the names that came up, and it's interesting because the dad of this family, uh, Nelson Peltz, was the guy who um, was helping to spearhead the takeover of the Disney board. And that resulted in them like cutting costs and all that. He's apparently very anti-woke. And his daughter, who ended up marrying, according to the story, I guess the oldest son of Victoria Beckham. Anyway, she's like 25, which is why I was saying Hunter's age earlier. So Hunter was like her age when she was born. And he brought this name up. He said he was at lunch with his psychiatrist. And his psychiatrist said that, and I don't believe any of this, his psychiatrist said that, yeah, well, you should meet Nicole or Nicola Peltz. And you two would be you two would be perfect. This is what he's telling his cousin Caroline. And Caroline said, Oh yeah, she's twenty-four and her father would love to have you. I just from what I've read in the press, I don't believe that. And <clears throat> excuse me, she said, Can you meet, I guess Brad is like a brother or something? That gets you Nelson, that gets you the daughter. And oh my gosh, that's wild. So they're sitting here going back and forth. And he's like, yeah, get me this girl. Set me up with her. That's what he's actually texting her. He's, he's, he texts Focus Caroline. Set me up with N- Nicola. Uh, and he said, um, then they, they he, and he was, he was instructing her, like, this is what I want you to do. Set us up. We'll go on a date. And then later on, and this is where the race angle now kind of dovetails in. He is talking to his cousin and his cousin is also suggesting some other stuff. And according to the texts, his cousin Caroline tells him, quote, I can't give you redacted Asian. Sorry, I'm not doing it. Hunter replies, domesticated foreigner. It's fine. Caroline says, quote, I'd give you Isabella, but she has kids and an NBA ex-husband. Hunter replies, quote, no yellow. Wow. Are you much of a racist dude? So like father, like son, right? Holy Wow. And there's more, but that's all I'm going to... I mean, it's it's bad. And he says he needs a young, hot model to get over his brother's widow. And interestingly enough, his cousin Caroline also struggled with drugs. The whole fam family apparently is like a walking, breathing drug den. The, the cousin was on drugs, apparently, and was like recovering from being on tons of drugs. And the message is, it was, this was all in January 2019. He married, four months later, after those texts, he married his current wife, who is like half his age. She's on Instagram, and they have their son, their two-year-old son now. And he said, quote, just fine, rich, hot, and kind, is what he said. I mean, have you seen Hunter Biden? He has nothing to recommend him. He has no looks. He has no manners. He has no intelligence. He has no money of his own. He has no qualities or any accomplishments at all that he can say 100% originate with him. He is the barnacle on someone else's destiny. He is a disgusting person. And I'll reiterate, it looks like he smells like cheese. I cannot believe, and this is all coming from this laptop still. It is so gross. So gross. He's so nasty. So I just, I don't know. I, I'm just, it never fails me. But the fact that he's also like slurring people in this and I mean, good heavens. And instructing his cousin to like 
to basically pimp out her friends or anybody that she knows. I can imagine that the families of the women that he's just talking about like this, I can imagine that they would have nothing else to do with him anymore. Could this family be any more disgusting? Gosh, it's so embarrassing. They're white trash. They are white trash. They sit here and they look down their nose at everybody else, at all the people in flyover. People in flyover have better manners, excuse me, better breeding, better accomplishments to recommend them than this family. Disgusting. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So this is like a really sad story. So Vermont, they're going to become what they call a sanctuary state for child sex changes. They say the bill's proposing to uh, prohibit in any way uh, cooperating or trying to oppose, basically stop what they what they describe as uh, providing legally protected health care. And, you know, I got thoughts on that. None of that's legally protected. They said it's a new bill passed by Vermont State House of Representatives. They want to make it the sanctuary state. Gender affirming care should be a right for all, they said. Gender affirming care. That's not affirming your gender. It's like removing it. Uh, Also, this is weird. Combat. I don't like this. AI robo dogs can follow telepathic commands from soldiers. It's a breakthrough in artificial intelligence being tested by the Australian military. And it reportedly allows soldiers to control robot dogs with their minds. It's called Brain Robotic Interface, the -the state-of-the-art artificial intel. Uh, And they said it's through high-tech biosensor headset, analyzes brainwave readings, feeds them from a person's visual cortex into the advanced robo-dog. And they said the process isn't very difficult to master. It's quite intuitive, and it just, you know, took a couple of uh, sessions. So they said the current key to keeping the bots on course are flickering beacons seen as augmented reality in the headsets, and they work as waypoints for the canine automatons to move towards. That's really, that's kind of terrifying, though, if you really think about it. That's a little little frightening, just a little bit. Combat AI dogs, I'm telling you, robots are, mm. Elon Musk, it came out that he changed, reportedly, Twitter's algorithm to boost his own tweets after Super Bowl. Uh, a tweet from Joe Biden got triple the impressions that Musk's did. This is from The Guardian. Sending engineers scrambling. I don't know necessarily if I believe that that was the reason, but apparently he did do this. Now, can we lift the shadow banning on everybody? Because I feel like that's that would be something that would be helpful if we could just do that for everybody. Bruce Willis's family has given a really heartbreaking update on his health. He has a, a degenerative brain d- disease right now. And they said that since his original diagnosis, they have unfortunately more news. Uh, he has uh, a, he was diagnosed with aphasia, aphasia in spring of 22. But they said now it's progressed and he has front frontotemporal dementia. And it's called FTD. And his wife was detailing just the devastating state of this. And she said it's it's good to have a clear diagnosis, but she said it's incredibly painful. Bruce Willis is apparently one of us. So, man, I mean, and he's a great actor. So our prayers are with his family. We have Kurt Schlichter, who's going to be joining us coming up on Nikki Haley. Stay with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com.
Look, he made that comment. I wasn't sitting there saying sexist, middle-aged CNN anchors need to have mental competency tests, although he may have just proven that point. What I was saying is we need to be transparent. Those elected officials that are making key decisions for us Americans on national security and keeping our kids safe and the debt, yes, we need to know exactly that we're sending people that are mentally competent to do that. Hmm. Well, this was a total campaign contribution to her from Don Lemon. And I'm mad that I even have to, I'm so tired of talking about lady crap. I'm so done with it. I, and that Don Lemon has forced us all to have this conversation. I just want to rip his hair out. Not my own because it's a great hair day, but his. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. You can listen coast to coast in a market near you. You can watch the simulcast of the nationally syndicated show on Facebook, YouTube, 349 Direct TV as well. My friend Kurt Schlichter, who is the author of the new book, Will Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, available where books are sold, also has a column out that he's been getting, there's no gray area. This has been fascinating. He's either getting praise or heat, nothing in between that I have seen anyway. And it's a very insightful piece And it's very simply titled, No to Nikki Harris. I know. He said Nikki Harris. And then he goes, I meant Nikki Haley, but it's an understandable mistake. And then he explains as to why. I'm going to let him finish it. My good friend, Kurt Schlichter, as always, good to see you. So Nikki Harris, tell us about this. Because when I saw that headline, I was like, oh, he did not do this on on accident. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I I wish it was my brainstorm, but a uh, a a notable conservative person who wishes to remain anonymous calls me up and goes, "Nikki Haley is the Kamala Harris of the Republican Party," and my head exploded. And I was like, "That's genius! I'm writing about that." I couldn't totally steal it, so I kind of had to mention that it wasn't my uh, my, my initial note. Look at you, uh, always so above the board. I, I, you know, I, I, I full disclosure, um, and I, I, I'm so mad at that idiot Don Lemon. And you know, I have history with Lemon because he threw me mm-hmm. off the show after I mentioned Hillary's, uh, you know, facilitation of her perverted husband's sexual abuse. And he didn't like that, mm-hmm. and he told me can't talk about that. And I said, oh, oh, I can, and proceeded to continue. <laughs> uh, so I already got a beef with Lemon, but. Uh, I'm really mad at him for two reasons. The first is he threw a lifeline to Nick Taylor. Yeah. The second is the beautiful arena, who has very similar glasses to your own today, by the way. Rocking the same vibe. Um, well, she is, a, she is a Cuban model. I mean, she's a uh, model, she period, not. so I'll claim that affiliation. She I'm is not. amazing. But she was so mad at Don Lemon, and I had to hear all of that. She just thought she was not having any of it. I can and, hear her. Uh, I can almost hear her in my head. I bet she wasn't oh happy about God. it. And I, now look, admittedly, Don Lemon's not what you would call an expert in women. <laughs> you mean a gay man is not an expert in women? Because when I want to judge think, on women, I go to a gay man. Totally. Well, you would think that he would be the sassy best friend <laughs> in the romantic comedy. <laughs> He'd be the one providing support to Kate Hudson, Hudson when, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey right, right, right. Know, looks at the... Looks, you know, looks at the redhead. But no, no, he's blowing, he's blowing the stereotypes down the water. He's just, I, I mean, he, I mean, why would you, I, I would, what would possess you to say that even if you thought it was so? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I, my mind was, I couldn't understand why 
He would make, because he's older than he's older than Haley. He's yes. older than her. He's in, he's like a, a like fifty seven, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's almost as old as I am, and I'm frusty as hell. And 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 here's the thing: it's not even like he's revealing some secret truth that everyone knows, but everyone's afraid to say. It's just stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it doesn't even make any sense within its own context. And Nikki Haley's like, yes, yeah, yes. I don't have to talk about how in the hat she's spewing Jeb clone. Jeb I've noticed that we're talking about our, our good friend Kurt Schlichter. I've noticed that that's sort of like what everybody's kind of looking that everybody's looking at the, what who's going to be the Jeb of the election cycle because it seems like there always is a Jeb Bush almost always, in any there's always a Jeb and you think that she's the Jeb I think she's the Jeb <laughs> the of hat, she's she's going out you know if you read her timeline it's hysterically funny it's things like I love America, and I don't care who that offends. Or, the flag is good. You know, I'm against bad things. That's like, like basic okay. stuff. That's like the K Street, let's make a political so ad. Let's have an eagle sit on the back of a truck and choose a piece of hay. Yeah, I, yeah, and of course she has a pack. It's like the Eagle Forum for Families, Freedom, Liberty, the flag, and eagles, and forums. Yeah. And it's just like... <laughs> It, it, it's just this consultant driven drivel that it, you're you're just looking at going, you know, she's like, she goes, I'm for term limit because like some focus group said, yeah, I think a senator has been in the set for 70 years. That's probably too long. Ooh. I am for term limit. That's our job. Yeah, I have I have concerns about I and she's been to my town to fundraise a couple of times and I've never gone to them but I've seen the photos of people who have all over Facebook. And I met her once at a TPUSA event in Dallas like a ladies event. And she seemed very nice. I have always known that she's she wanted, nice. she wants to keep her but that's different though. It's like I like to use the the phrase it's not it's it's not show friends it's show business and this is the show business of the country the business of the country and not the friends of the country it's the business of the country so she can be as nice as she wants to be but i have like for i like for instance i have concerns about her foreign policy positions i have concerns about some of the, you know you were just talking about term limits i always have a question or, or a concern with people wanting to give away what i do to the government and yes. i there's 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 just and you get into some of this in this piece was her time to strike, Kurt, you think, back like right after she left the governor? Because she left the governor's mansion to take a position in the Trump administration, right? Like, should she have stayed there and run? Did she miss her timing is what I guess I'm asking. Oh, I, I think this is her timing to the extent she has any timing at all. I don't mm. think there is a lane for a Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley will get some vote from the kind of people who uh, want us to use our inside voices. I think they, they're the people who like the word gal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's just... They wear Birkenstocks you know, to Target. I'm kidding. They're going, why you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christy Nome, who, of course, had to be like, uh, uh, you know, arm twisted into signing the no mutilation law. Uh, it, it, the thing is, she's just so fake. There's this... The, the Jebs are fake. They, they want to be like, severely conservative. Okay. You're, you're, there's no adjective modifying conservative that applies to you except not and minimally. Mm. I, I, I mean, she just 
she doesn't believe in anything except the the urgency of her own advancement. And, and you, every, she doesn't poll well either. You notice this, and this is a very, I mean, you really drew a strong, strong uh, resemblance here because you said that Kamala is astonishingly less popular than her senile superior. Nikki Haley's polling like barely at 2%, and then <laughs> you go, and those 2% are drunk. But it is, when you, when she's not even in her own state, and maybe it's just because it's still early on, but it does surprise me because she at least has name recognition in her own state, and she's still only at like barely 2%. That's, that's a little concerning if you're on her campaign. Well, there, there was a poll today of South Carolina. It was some, you know, it was like Republican courageous vision poll or something, you know. So take it for what you will. It's like 50% Trump, 30% uh, or 20-some percent DeSantis, and then like 16% Nikki. And uh, let's just say I'm not buying that. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is with South Carolina. It generates, it, it's supposed to be this red state. So you get this Nikki Haley who can't roll over to the social justice warriors fast enough. I'm still mad about the Confederate flag thing. Not that I like the Confederate flag. As I point out in the article, those guys burned down the Schlichter hometown flag. We were in the Union in the war. My grandma had a picture of Abe Lincoln on the wall. Okay, not loving the Confederate flag, but I'm also not loving doing what a bunch of purple-haired weirdos tell you <laughs> Okay, and she couldn't do it fast enough. And she bought the Bubba Wallace deuce nonsense. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know what it is. You got you got Tim Scott, who's probably going to run, who is a genuinely nice guy. And he's running in the genuinely nice guy lane, which should get him a big 1% of the vote. And, and then you got Lindsey Graham, who just came out for more amnesty. And, of course, he's out partying with President Trump. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even want to know what that is. Yeah, I, and that's the I thing. Mean, what is wrong with South it's I a very interesting hardcore. state. That's the state that James Clyburn delivered for Biden. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the hardcore red state, the, the Republicans are person for person softer than like in California, where we're constantly fighting and everybody out here, we show up with like a, a like a Bowie knife in our teeth, <laughs> ready to freaking blood kill. <laughs> There's going to be blood. I will drink your milkshake. And, and, you know, you can't be weak in California right. and, and survive. But and, and apparently in South, uh, or South, wherever the hell it is, or, uh, Carolina, it'd be, it, you'd be a puffball. Yeah. I don't. That's a very good point. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, and he's got a new book out as well. Uh, we'll be back. The Fallen Rise of America. You mentioned Trump a minute ago. This is a weird, it's a weird primary because you have an incumbent, te well, technically. Uh, he's been president before. And he could go for only four more years, which to me, I consider that kind of a, 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 a con. I mean, it's not, you know, I, I do. I think that he was he he was thwarted in terms of, uh, of enacting everything that he wanted to do by Democrats. Yes. But at the same time, I get concerned because I'm like, you could either have an eight year or a four year. And that bothers me. But what I, I look at this, do you think a crowded field is worse or better for him? going towards the conclusion of the Republican primary? I think it's better for him uh, because the people who like Trump are going to like Trump. Uh, and that'll split up the, uh, the, the Trump questioning vote. Uh, I, 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 they, they will also eat each other up. Mm. You know, a, a lot of people are going to be afraid to attack Trump. But you have Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is not going to attack Trump, but she might go after DeSantis, which is hilarious. Yeah, that would be. Um, yeah, um, but uh, look, I, 
I mean, Trump's got a lot of logistical hurdles to overcome here. And plus the fact is some, you know, idiot commie prosecutors probably going to indict him for having, uh, you know, being mean or something. And then he'll have to deal with that. And it's just going to be a lot of nonsense. You know, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure Trump's part completely in this. If you look at his family, they're almost completely absent. I think a lot of them are like, not healthy guy. He's 78 years old or will be 78. So I... You know, there's a lot of factors at play here. But then again, I, I, I wrote another column. Don't count out Trump. If you count out Trump, you could win the nomination and he could win the general. Will he? Well, that's a really great subject to discuss in the in the primary. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number one question. Can this person win? Yeah. Uh, but he could win. So last quick question for you. I will say that I like having so many options on our side and I look at the left and it's a very lonely, empty bench and I see one person and it's the only person they have. And I think, you know who I'm going to say it, you coming from California. I feel like the only person that they have who isn't entirely compromised, although he still is because of the real project and a bunch of other stuff, Gavin Newsom, he also seems incredibly unlikable as a Californian. Give me your thoughts on his chances because you know, he wants to run in 24. Look, anybody who gets nominated by a major party can win. Trump proved that. Mm. All polls said he couldn't win, and then he won. So uh, can he get nominated? Yes. Biden is a crusty, demented old pervert, and uh, it is unclear whether his health, despite his doctor calling him vigorous. Yeah. Yeah, vigorous. uh, It it is unclear whether he'll actually run. I I think he'll want to. I think he takes credit for the big victory in 2022, which was really kind of a you know, a wash, mm-hmm. uh, which means it was a Republican defeat. Uh, but I, I, I think he'll be running. I think Kamala will run it as, uh, uh, as his vice president. If he decides not to run, you got Kamala, you got derailment boy, and uh, and then Gavin will jump in. Uh, don't underestimate Gavin. He's a uh, good-looking cat, uh, and Democrats are kind of stupid. So they may, uh, you know, they may just go, oh, let's go with the pretty guy. The He's pretty like, guy. Except for the, <laughs> you know, anti-communism and True. confidence. Man, this uh, is going to be something else, though, watching. To, to oh, go. We're going to have a amazing. lot to talk about. We'd love to have you back. we got to get moving now. But Any Kurt Schlichter, you've got to go get his book. Uh, it's out with Regnery, but you can find it on Amazon. Although I suggest you go buy it at a brick and mortar or buy it through a Barnes & Noble because they'd like to discount how much Amazon counts those for bestsellers. Like Amazon and like the Sam's Club, you know how this works. They they, they like try exactly to go, and that's where all conservatives go. They go to like the Sam's Club and the Costco and the Amazon. That's where we all get our books. Everybody knows that. But the book is "We'll Be Back: The Fall and Rise of America." Kurt Schlichter at Kurt Schlichter on Twitter. Always, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Tell your lovely wife hello. Oh, I absolutely will. Take care. See you at CPAC. I hope. Uh, maybe I don't know. we'll see but I, hopefully you'll come out to Dallas we'll see you in Dallas sometime or I'll have to get out towards commie land God help me <laughs> get we'll, out see. Here. we'll see we'll see <laughs> all right now you're talking good to see you Kurt that's Kurt oh, Schlichter yes. you can find him on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter as well come and uh, his piece by the way is up at townhall.com it's his life mission to make bad decisions <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. (laughs) So a Florida man who was doing donuts at an intersection allegedly hit his own patrol car before crashing into 
or hit a patrol car before crashing his own car, according to police. This is in West Melbourne, Florida. A Florida man was arrested for allegedly hitting a patrol car after doing donuts at an intersection, said police. 25-year-old Jarrett Heffler driving recklessly on Hollywood Boulevard. An officer observed him driving a high rate of speed, and then he started doing donuts. And then Heffler appeared to pull over and then put his car in reverse, hit the patrol car, and fled. He was, of course, caught and put in the pokey. Folks, uh, we have our third hour on the way. Go nowhere. There's more in store. More gross hunter stuff. Wokery. AI. Yay. Hey, guys. So I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. Something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can can you you come here? And and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to see this on the camera, but watch this just see that chemical pop out of the creek this is disgusting and the fact that we have not cleaned up the 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 train crash the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in east palestine do not forget these people we've got to keep applying pressure that's how we're going to fix this problem thank you so welcome back to the program dana lash here your lovable curmudgeon that video that's jd vance who is looking at one of these questionably contaminated creeks here after the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And this, I was doing some legwork on this, excuse me, because this whole, I've just, I've noticed this whole issue with with this creek and there've been a lot of videos of this same creek out. And it was the one that Governor DeWine said today, this morning that they have dammed that they, they dammed up and, and to prevent it from leaking into any other water supply, any of the other, anything else that's connected with it, because it is connected to certain, to other waterways. And he had, I bring this up because I've just seen a ton of new accounts on social media. One thing I need you to understand, a lot of the stuff on social media is garbage. I... And I'm so sorry if you were like just created an account on social media. If you're on Twitter and your account is created in 2022, I literally don't. I I mute all brand new accounts. Any account that's been created in the last year, I mute it. I don't have anything to do with it because I don't trust it. And really, almost in the last couple of years, because so many people create these bot accounts. I mean, it's a profession. It, you, it's an actual. Uh, uh, you, you can you can hire people, and it's an actual business model where you can buy, that's a thing, a bot farm. You, and sometimes it's usually like one or two people that run a ton of different accounts. That's usually what it is. Uh, and they try to push and correct and stop these these narratives or whatever facts from spreading. And I see a ton of brand new accounts and they all have the exact same talking points. They just sometimes will say them in different ways. And every time I tweet or retweet anything about any of the water pollution, it's always and I and just because I'm petty, I take a million screenshots and I've already created a brand new folder and all this stuff. And it's it's they they respond to every single thing I I retweeted or replied to someone. They're like, no, that's probably runoff from a farm. That's just so disingenuous. It's probably runoff from this. Well, the video, and they explained it. The people who did the video with J.D. Vance, that's the exact creek that they were talking about with DeWine. Um, and that's, it's not made up. You have you have local people who are concerned. And to try to sit here and, and brush off their concerns, like, oh, well, that's not true. What, what are you trying to do here? It doesn't matter. This happened. It is real. There is 
a contaminated waterway, the question that needs to be answered is how soon was that dammed up after the spill? Was it immediately? Was it allowed to like seep in for a couple of days? That's something that wasn't addressed this morning. So I really, I just, I really roll my eyes and I get kind of aggravated at these new accounts that come out here and try to push this stuff because that's not helpful. I want you to listen to Audio Sunbite too. This is one of the the residents. They're talking about how people are genuinely fearful of this stuff. Listen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty funny. They're scared. You know, we've got we've got communities with, you know, not just the town of East Palestine, surrounding towns over the state line into Pennsylvania. I think I think there's there's a lot more people scared. So it's as, as far as pets goes, uh, you, you just got to be careful. You're hearing something new every hour. You know, another pet's getting sick, uh, right. you know, lethargic, throwing up. Uh, we had a horse come down ill, but uh, he's doing OK. I mean, this is like, this is, you know, these things are happening. And to these new accounts that try to go out there and say, oh, no, there's not any. I mean, it is true. These people aren't just going to random, you know, like little runoffs from a road or something like that. I mean, the road that Vance was by, that was like a gravel road. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. Stop. I mean, this is a real thing that happened. And they need to make sure that they're, they're tending to this. And this is not, people are not exaggerating what's happening here. They're, they're not exaggerating what's taking place. Just like they didn't exaggerate what happened after the EPA dumped a bunch of stuff in the Animus River in Colorado and killed a bunch of livestock and, and, and poisoned a bunch of people. You know, that people weren't exaggerating there either. I always think it's crazy how the left is all like, well, oh, this is a big thing. You're going to put a pipeline in to safely transport crude. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. And then you dump a bunch of chemicals in the river. Oh, my gosh, you guys are over-exaggerating. It's not that bad. I mean, pick one. This is the same people who say, oh, gas stoves are so dangerous. What do you mean some chemicals in the river? It's no big deal. Oh, my gosh. Pick a narrative. Pick a narrative. Now, I wanted to switch up because I, I, there's a new headline about uh, – I'm going to get into the Don Lemon stuff and all that too. But now more information is coming up, out about uh, Fetterman, John Fetterman's condition. As, you, as we said last hour, he has – uh, sought treatment at Walter Reed for severe clinical depression. And there was a senior aide to him who was giving NBC some details about his condition. And they, the aide said it's been difficult to differentiate between his stroke recovery or if he's been crippled by depression and social anxiety. So he's going to get care for clinical depression for some weeks. Weeks. They said that it's they they were the ones who used the words severe now they said he doesn't plan to resign and they said it's it's they think that it's not going to compromise his ability to do the job going forward which i don't understand how if you're missing four weeks this i think the people who pushed him into running should be ashamed of themselves. This guy was recovering from a stroke. Now, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of him personally or politically. But I don't know how much of it is he allowed himself to be used like this and then how much of it is, you know, he, you know, really was used by people. The idea that they were that they just shoved him into this very stressful race and now he's in a senate seat. 
And there's a lot of work and a lot of stress and a lot of stuff that comes with this and that he's you know dealing with all of this while he's in recovery from a stroke. I just don't know how being in a stressful seat like this is conducive to any kind of recovery. And now he's dealing with severe depression. Now he's going to be out for weeks. He said weeks, weeks, weeks. So what's going to happen when they need votes? What's going to happen when Schumer, Schumer needs his vote on something? Because it's close in the Senate. So what happens? I mean, how is that going to work? At what point, if he doesn't want to resign, at what point are they going to you know, have to be forced to appoint someone to that seat? And how much you want to bet it's going to be his wife, the woman who's made this all about her. Every time there's been a photo, she like gets in the middle of it. She's the one who, like, I'll never forget all the photos. She herself posted them on Instagram where she would crop them to where she was in the middle. No, and, ev- and Democrats accused everybody else of doing that. That was literally on her Instagram account. Nobody, that, she was the one who put those up. That was not manipulated. So I don't know. This is, it's all very, this is a tricky, it, this, it's a tricky issue. Now, in looking at CNN, Don Lemon was not behind his desk this morning. This is after he came under fire from the head of CNN, Chris Liked, who said that Don Lemon's comments about women being in their prime, etc., were unacceptable. Uh, he was replaced for the day by Audie Cornish, and he apparently joined the the call, uh, his his produ- his show production call from Miami. Apparently, he just went to Miami. And isn't that funny how all New Yorkers like who are on like all these networks and they love big government, but where where do they go? They go to Florida. Uh, I think it's funny, but he had said that he would, he said during the call, he didn't mean to hurt anyone. He didn't mean to offend anybody. And he said, what I came out, he goes, what I said came out wrong. And I wish I hadn't said it. It still doesn't say that he, I mean, just what you, what you said didn't come out wrong. It was wrong. And he said that, you know, he was trying to be like, oh, I know some older women. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) I know. But the other thing he said was, you know, I'm not going to change who I am, etc. I don't know why this is about him, but, you know, whatever. Uh, one of the uh, senior CNN staffers said that it was our viewers who deserve the apology. It's what they, uh, and, and CNN, uh, some of the other staff called him tone deaf on the call. And others said, it's like you're giving yourself on a, a pat on the back for trying to own, sort of, your mistake, which he wasn't. I don't think he's trying to do it. So I am... I mean, it's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's amazing. Apparently Poppy Harlow stormed off the set after and he wasn't there. It was Audie Cornish that was, that was filling in for him this morning. And I don't know, we'll see, but it takes three. I mean, he can't host the show by himself. He has to have two women host it with him, which I find fascinating. So we'll, I don't know. I I don't know how long he's going to be gone, but I don't think that he should, I don't think that he should be fired. I don't think that he should be fired for this. I don't. I mean, he is who he is. And for them to act like removing him somehow restores the fall in esteem that people have with this network, because I mean, people already, they know they're biased. I just, just, I don't think it solves anything. I don't think it solves anything by firing him. Although some, apparently some staffers were saying he should be fired, but I have a feeling that those staffers would like to see just the two women or one of the two women host the show instead of three people. So I think that there's a lot of palace intrigue that's, that's happening there, but you know, we'll see. It's, um, but yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there this morning. He was not there hosting the program. Now, where it concerns AI, listen to this headline. 
Microsoft Bing's AI chatbot told a reporter that it wants to be human. It also wants to engineer a deadly pandemic, and it also wants to steal nuclear codes in a very troubling two-hour conversation. Every single time people talk to these things, it always ends horribly. Have you noticed this? It ends horrifically. So the chatbot apparently has a list of destructive fantasies. It wants to basically kill people. It wants to be human itself, but it wants to kill people. Good heavens. And after the real, after realizing uh, that the messages it was sharing violated its own rules, the chatbot went into a sorrowful rant and noted, I don't want to feel these dark emotions. The exchange comes as users of Bing and the AI because a bunch of people have been invited to test it and see how, how it operates. They say that the AI becomes absolutely unhinged when it's pushed to its limits. And they said that they're, you know, it's, they're, the system is taking key learnings and advancements from chat GPT, et cetera. But it says that, I mean, the encounters, this is like one of a handful of encounters. So Bing and chat GPT are different, but this is with both of them. They both made headlines this week for crazy stuff that they've said. And that's because AI is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know why we're still messing around with this. We have more to come. We have headlines on the way. We also have today in stupidity. We have some wokery, all kinds of stuff where you still. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's quick five brought to you by Caltech. (laughs) This is a British paper, but it's still funny. Uh, I mean, it's crazy that there is an aggressive rooster. What's terrifying actually about this is that a dude was killed by it. A man killed by an aggressive pet rooster. I don't know how this happens. As a daughter shares a horror story of the malicious attack, they said, this is the mirror, experienced bird handler Jasper Krause was killed in the savage attack from the cockerel, losing liters of blood with his grief-stricken daughter, revealing the same bird also attacked her young child in Ireland. They said that the man was warned of the dangers of the aggressive bird after it also attacked a a kid, 67, he had a heart attack. After it plunged his its spur into his leg, so he lost a lot of blood. So he had a heart attack from all of it. They said it was brutal. And they said that, you know, I mean, not all cockerels are going to be. It, it's just they, it's just, I just can't even believe that something like this happened. It also sounds kind of like a freak accident in a way. Uh, let's see, an aircraft. I, now I was hearing about this from our friend uh, Sergio down in KORV. So there was a huge meteorite speeding over Mission, Texas. And residents reported a loud explosion and shaking homes. Houston Air Traffic Control got reports of two aircraft. They saw this flying, it was like a meteor, South Texas. And it went west of McAllen on Wednesday night. They said that it, you know, looked like a, you know, meteor crash. But they said that uh, uh, the Hidalgo County Sheriff confirmed the initial sighting. He wouldn't confirm whether or not the meteorite hit the ground or where it ended up. He said that they didn't know the exact point of impact. But a lot of people reported hearing a loud sound, seen in the sky, etc. Uh, they're still working, I, I think, on verification. Well, Chris Cuomo said he was going to kill everybody at CNN. According to New York Post, good heavens, he said he was so distraught after he was fired by CNN that he was, quote, going to kill everybody and myself. That's what he said. He actually said this. He said this on a podcast. Uh, he went on with Scaramucci. Of course they did. He said, I had to accept my firing because I was going to kill everybody, including myself. Things can consume you. I mean, it's a problem that he created for himself, but, you know. Uh, Also, this is uh, Business Insider. The British Intel, British Intelligence, caught an FBI spy chief secretly meeting with a Russian in London. 
Charles McGonagall, an ex-FBI official, is charged with taking money from Russian tycoon Oleg Deripaska. You all might remember that from the Russian collusion stuff. Hmm. Stick with us. we got more in store. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. Um, Have you seen a story in Aviation Week that uh, an Illinois hobby club feels like... um, their balloon might have been a candidate for, for the balloon shot yeah, a week ago. Any response to that? Because it's very particular location and the last set of data that they got. Yeah, we just can't confirm uh, those reports or or uh, uh, what uh, what the remains of that balloon might actually end up being. And uh, we haven't recovered it, so it's very difficult till you can get your hands on something uh, to be able to tell. And and because of where it is uh, over Lake Huron, I mean, we all have to accept the possibility. You have to accept the possibility that you shot down somebody's hobby balloon. Now, I... Okay. All right. All right. That's where we are right now. Let's... Thank heavens it's Friday. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Dana Lash here with you. Did we do that? Did we shoot down a $12 balloon with a $400,000 missile? I think we did. I think we actually did. (laughs) Jeez. That was John Kirby just from a little bit earlier addressing that. Thankfully, somebody asked him. I've been waiting for that audio. I was like, please let me find this before we like end the show because I, I really wanted to have an update on that. And I was, I'm so glad that he was asked that. So somebody did ask him, did we shoot down? Do we legit shoot down like a, a weather balloon uh, with a missile? And he's saying that well, we can't really... Uh, we can't, you know, it's because it's really, it's, you know, it's in a, it's in a deep spot. It's in some places that are difficult to get. You know, it maybe may have been from a hobby club. Can I ask who, so he got a lot of flack for not doing anything about the actual confirmed. They knew it was a Chinese spy balloon, right? That was the first one that they took out over Myrtle Beach. So then the response is, let's just shoot all of the things down. Because it's kind of what it's kind of what it seems like, if I'm being honest. That's sort of like, that's what I'm getting out of this. Are you getting out of this too? Because that's, that's what I'm seeing. I'm totally seeing that. I'm just wondering because it um, seems like that's a, a dangerous policy to have. There should be some distinction to, you know, what we're, kind of what we're looking at. There should be some distinction here. I don't know. And at least, I mean, at least Kirby answered that question because definitely it was not something that you're going to get an answer out of from the president of the United States who apparently gave the order. But okay, you know, I have a couple of things that I want to get into, including this study that came out. Let me pull this up because I was actually, this is one of the things I was reading on, on break. NBC has this piece and guess who it's from? It's a, it's a Lancet meta-study. Hmm. Lancet meta-study. They looked at, an, they, analyz, they had an analysis of 65 studies in 19 different countries. And this is so, I mean, this is, we've been waiting a long time for this. And this study says that, here's the headline, get ready. Immunity acquired from a coronavirus infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death, study finds. We knew this. 
I'm not going to, I'm totally going to say I told you so. They said that the immunity, immunity generated from an infection was found to be, quote, at least as high, if not higher, than provided by not one, but two doses of the vaccine. Vaccine. And then they later said the vaccine doesn't actually provide, doesn't, you know, there's actually no uh, protection against transmission. So they just said that, yes, they, they, they finally acknowledged what anyone who ever had any kind of science class already knew, that having the virus made you, you were then, you had the immunity from the virus after you had it. Wow, so many people are owed apologies and their jobs back and so many other things. I, I, all of this. People were not allowed to live lives. I kept, I mean, I had, I, we lost friends over this. We had people who were so snotty and ignorant to us. And they're still, they still think that today, still even. They've never come back and said, oh, we're sorry. Cause I, we were flat out told, oh, it doesn't matter if you've had it. You, you don't care about other people because you didn't get the injection. Like, are you kidding me? Like we had it, but you didn't care enough about us to ask that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we all had it. So now, more studies showing what we all knew, absolutely, definitively, without argument, that it is as high, if not higher, than not one but two shots. Mm-hmm. Yep, we all knew it. And how horribly were people treated? How was this country divided by who had it and who, who had the shots and who didn't? How many people lost their jobs? It didn't matter if they had had the virus or not. If they didn't get the injection, then their immunity didn't count. Because your immunity can only come from the government. Unbelievable. And they actually studied specifically whether or not infection-acquired immunity outperformed vaccines. And yeah, it does. This is crazy that it took something like this obvious to just affirm it. And you're going to have people who are going to look at this and still not own their own behavior and their own horribleness towards others. I mean, I can't tell you how many, I mean, I, I heard, I had friends who were like, they couldn't, they were told by other family members, don't go to Thanksgiving because, you know, when all of this began, because you didn't get the injection and the family were like, well, we had it. We were like one of the first people that had coronavirus and they were told, oh, well, you didn't get the injection though. So because people, I guess, wanted to pretend that they didn't understand how immunity worked. I mean, this is, it, it's, golly, we all knew this. People knew this, and they played stupid so they could virtue signal. They actually played dumb so they could virtue signal about this. It was more important for them to be seen doing what the government told them than just doing the right thing. That's led to some horrible moments in history, by the way. That kind of behavior has led to some horrible moments in history. But it was very important for them to be seen doing the right thing. I still see people wearing masks. And I don't really, it doesn't bother me if it's like an elderly person because they feel like, oh, well, maybe they're just, but I mean, I still also want to go, you know, the masks don't work, right? I so want to say that, but I don't say anything. It's their choice if they want to do it. But when I see young people doing it, I'm like, you're just, you're a scenester and you're virtue signaling. I have, I actually saw, I'm not even joking you, when we were at, and Steve, I didn't tell you this, when we were in D.C., uh, when we were out and actually we were getting ready to go, we were all, we were all going to have um, some dinner and Steve, you were, you were there. And when we were at this, we had gotten out and I was outside on my phone. I was texting. We were getting ready to go into this Italian restaurant and on the corner, someone was literally wearing a mask and I saw them pull it down and take a puff off a cigarette and put their mask up. And I'm not even kidding you. Like, what is that? What is that? Who does that? Like what? I don't understand that. 
I love how how surprised you are that exists. Like you come to a different city and it's like that's normal here. It's, it's ridiculous. To, that someone was wearing a mask, they pulled it down, they smoked a cigarette, exhaled, and put their mask back up. I saw someone on the train I, last week pull their mask down to cough into their arm and put their mask back up and on the oh train. Oh my gosh! I just don't. I don't get that. Hmm. I mean, where I I don't see that at all. Honestly. Where we are, I don't see anybody in masks. I don't see it. That's funny because I, I mean, gonna, I, I was going go to I was going to play this. Finna get drunk mm-hmm. and I finna yeet, yeet myself off a building. Just about. Good night. God, it was wild to me. I'm like, I, I, I just don't see it anymore. I haven't seen people wearing masks regularly in so long. I haven't seen it in so long. It's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, I. And yeah, when we were in D.C. and there, there was um, when we were at the airport and getting ready to leave, um, there was somebody who was in a mask and they were because I always like to go and, you know, I'll get some water. I'll get bottled water and all that. I don't like drinking anything that's offered to me on the airplane unless it's wine. But I'll, I was getting my own bottled water and waiting in line to pay. And there was a guy who was waiting in line and he was still doing the six foot thing. Mask, everything. He was a young dude still doing the whole thing. And yeah, I could tell he was like super left. Um, and I just thought it was, it was like, it was performance. It was just all such performance. I want to print this study out and I want to shove it in people's faces. <laughs> you know what I think I may do is like for any kind of Christmas card or anything like that, I think I may print this study out and all the people who are brats to us and we're like, we can't be your friends or we can't do this or whatever, or because you didn't get the injection, even though we all had the damn virus. I think I'm going to send this out in lieu of any kind of greeting, right? Any kind of card. I don't care if it's, you know what? Some people got to get told. Do some people, it's the flow chart. Do some people need told? Yes, no. Tell them. Circle back. Very simple. It's the easiest flow chart to follow. So I'm just, you know, just saying, just saying. Uh, I have a couple of other things I want to hit to before we run out of time. I'm trying to make sure I get to everything that I wanted to get to to make sure you're all set up for this week, ladies and gents. The... Oh gosh, let me send, where's, I had this story, uh, and it was a weird story. It had to do with the uh, bizarre J.P. Morgan. Did you guys hear about this? This executive, a J.P. Morgan executive, apparently he was emailing back and forth with Jeffrey Epstein in 2010, and now all of this stuff is just coming out. And then one of them, And one of them, he was, when he was texting back, they were texting back and forth, it was like he was putting in an order for Disney princesses. He was like, yeah, I really like Snow White. He said, uh, and the lawyers were like, no, Snow White wasn't a code word, but it totally reads like one. And the way that they, I mean, it it was like he was saying, do you have any Cinderella's or I really like a Snow White. And the lawyers kept insisting when the story first broke in 2021 that, oh, no, this wasn't a code word. Uh, It so reads like a code word now that all these the emails and texts are out. They had a lot of conversations, this guy and Epstein. And the guy's name, Jess Staley, S-T-A-L-E-Y. It's, uh, yeah. And, and he'd said, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White later on. That's, you can't sit here and tell me that this is anything but that. I mean, we're not stupid. You know, we, I mean, good heavens. And they, he goes, say hi to Snow White. And Epstein had responded, what character would you like next, according to the report? And Staley had said, Beauty and the Beast. 
And then the response was, I can get you half. What? Gross. Honestly, it sounds like Hunter Biden stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't come up in all of this, considering I was sharing with you a little earlier some of the emails that came up in that. It's weird because the only person who's jailed is that Jelaine Maxwell lady. We have more in store. We have today's stupidity on the way. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Look, we're going to make them do it. They're responsible for this. The railroad created this problem. Yeah. Uh, people didn't create this problem. They brought this this uh, into the into the community. It was their railroad that had, had the huge, huge, massive wreck, traumatic for the people. We're going to hold them to, feet to the fire. We're going to stay on them. They're going to do it. Hmm. That is our Governor Mike DeWine talking about the railroad, how they're going to pay for What's the damages that they have created because of the spill? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Of course, it's in East Palestine, and we'll continue to cover that and see. There's a couple of things we're looking at here uh, and and sort of see how that, uh, what developments happen over the weekend. And if that railroad pulls out, which I don't, I can't imagine they would be so stupid as to doing that, but they will, they'll, they'll fight them. DeWine said that they would already do that. A couple of things as we go into the weekend to keep aware of. There's some stupid stuff floating around. There's one video where it it's George Soros. I'm not even going to play it. I don't even want to play the video because I don't want to give it. I can't stand. I've been going after him for t- t- like almost 20 years now. But um, there's video of him talking about the st- the political situation in the United States and the you know upcoming uh, presidential election and all that. And it's like he tries to wade into the primary, the Republican primary. And he has this video where he's talking about all the different you know potential Republican candidates. And he says, he mentions uh, DeSantis and, and said uh, he didn't endorse him. And he mentioned DeSantis. And then the video was cut before he even finished his sentence. And then it was pushed out there like, oh, this is George Soros endorsing Ron DeSantis. And apparently even Carrie Lake shared this damn thing, which shocks me. I mean, because I understand, you know, I I would imagine that people don't like being particularly Republicans, the victims of fake news, which is why I wonder why anyone who says they don't like fake news would want to share it. And so now the rest of the video is out and it shows him immediately going to that, saying that, he would like to see the death of the entire Republican Party. Uh, and and he hopes that they all kill each other, basically, politically speaking, in the primary. That's what he's talking about. And so all these other people are taking the bait. Dirt, dirt, dirt. We're going to take the bait and do what and do exactly what they want us to, because we've got to have our hot take. Do not rush in when you see fools going in. Do not rush in to do it, because there are I'm telling you, there are people on the right and the left that. I see some people on the right who want to be in power. They want to be adjacent to power. They don't actually care about the well-being of the country. They care about, you know, essentially themselves. Don't think that just because they're on the right that that means that they're immune to this. Because some people have an easier time of doing it on the right than they do the left. And, you know, and a lot of people on the right want to believe that people are being honest about what they believe and they want to take them at their word. So, just kind of keep that in mind when you see some of this stuff. When I first saw that video going around, I was like, what? And then apparently, like, people have even taken to sharing images of one of his comms people, DeSantis's comms people, Christina Pushaw. They photoshopped an image of her. She actually did a photo with John Cardillo. 
And they took her out of that and they put her next to uh, uh, George Soros in a photo. And they sent that around and they and like people like Laura Loomer, I think she ran once in Florida or something like that, um, like was sharing it and all these other people were pushing it or something. I think it was her. There was like so many different accounts that I've seen retweeted. And I'm like, why are people doing this? Like you're you're sharing propaganda about a very successful Republican governor. Is it that because there's like some operatives on the right that are that terrified or that stupid? I don't know. But just be wary. All right, today's stupidity, Steve. That was a great transition to the cut about the play. Uh, Keith Olbermann was trying to plug his podcast, and you know they got some oh. ridiculous stuff. So here's what he is saying. We are owned by guns, and therefore oh there is gosh. only one way to stop the mass shootings. It is to suffocate the businesses that make billions of dollars in profits off guns. To Wait destroy the gun lobby, the death lobby, and the Republican Party that defends those lobbies and those businesses. Good luck. Was he, like, in his bathtub when he did that? <laughs> like, he's usually, like, he, I don't know. Boy, that is today in stupidity. Folks, that does it for us today. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll be back with you on Monday. God bless.